Welcome to Victory Points. I'm Becca Scott, and this is my trusty sidekick, Jake Michaels. Hello. Good job. I wrote that in the script for you. This is a podcast about two people who love tabletop games interviewing other people who love tabletop games about the tabletop games they love. <sighs> One breath. Oh, Jake, how's it going? Really great. How are you? I'm great because our guest today is great. We have Paula Dimming in the studio. Paula is an actress, writer, content creator, huge tabletop gamer. Her channel, Things Get Dicey, combine the two things she loves most, sketch comedy and hobby gaming. Hello, Paula. Wow, I've never had anyone like actually list all of my things in an introduction before and it was like, I feel really good about myself. I'd like to stop now and leave. Because I'm not, sh I feel really good, and, on and the I, high note. yeah, exactly. It's sure. so only thank you so much for down having down. me. Sure. Yeah, it was it's great been really you. lovely. Cool. And I'll just see you guys later. Uh, make sure you check out things get dicey. Thanks for listening to Victory yeah, Points. Thanks. Like, share, bye. subscribe. Okay, bye. bye. <laughs> That's it. Good. We pause so we could trick all of you. You <laughs> thought it was the end because we stopped talking. Ah, uh, that's a joke. It was a joke. Okay, so today's <laughs> topics. I want to talk to Paula about. Things Get Dicey, which is her YouTube channel, which is amazing, and you're doing such cool oh, wow. things, combining these two worlds that the three of us happen to love of sketch comedy and board games, tabletop games. So uh, I want to talk about how that came about. Also, you told me that you love the game Tales of mm. Arabian Nights. This is like my favorite. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I also really, really love that game. And Have we ever uh, played that game together? No. Oh my I gosh, we once. need to remedy that. I own it, <gasps> so come over. Isn't it out of print? I don't know, is it? I don't know. If it is, whoa. I, I got, maybe I should sell it. I think Z-Man <laughs> picked it back up. <laughs> no. um, it was for a time because it was uh, an old, old game. But we'll mm. get into Arabian Nights. Normally, I like to start by talking about people's childhood. Okay. Oh, boy. Close your eyes. Okay. They're closed. You're at an Hey, audience at home, room. picture me with my eyes closed. Or watch the YouTube version of this. Now you know. Oh, yeah, there's freeze oh. frame when she's blinking, and then great. That's her. <laughs> I have my eyes closed. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> you're a little baby in the womb. You're about to be born. Are you thinking about board games? No. What was the first game that you remember playing? <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely after I was out of the womb. Um. The first game I remember playing, I played a lot of Clue as a kid, <gasps> and I still have a lot of fondness and nostalgia for it. Oh, I have a confession to make. I very recently learned that Clue and Cluedo are the same game. Yeah. Cluedo is like, I guess, like the non-American version of the game. First, right? English, yeah. Yeah, and I've all I've heard people referring to Cluedo for so long, and I just you assumed figure out it was that some Cluedo. weird abstract game i don't know like go or oh, something yeah. and then i was like oh no it's just clue sure can i tell you that my sister is a avid go player and on the international board of go what had to throw that out love you lisa that's pretty impressive when is she coming on the podcast when next time she's in town i guess great have her on um i often than... mention how we always fight about games because we're both too intense about competition. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, listeners will get a taste of that someday. Anyway, you said go, and I had to give the shout out. That's good. That's good, though. Um, so, yeah, I grew up playing a lot of Clue. 
um, with my sister who always beat me until finally she revealed to me her strategy. Because mm-hmm. I was doing the thing where you just like every turn you just randomly show any card, any three cards. Idiot. And you never actually get any information. And my sister You're finally so was like, okay, y- yes. She's like, here's the thing. In my hand, I, I'm going to show you um, the, or I'm going to guess the, the room and the weapon that I know I have in my hand. So the only variable in this scenario is actually the murderer. And if no one can show me the murderer card, I know that that's the right one. And I was like, mind blown. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, try and have a card you never show to anyone. That's a good strategy. Oh, too. yeah. I used to take stupidly elaborate notes on the little slip of paper. Mm, me that too. Have of like, okay, so mom showed me or said she didn't have Mrs. White. Therefore, I know she doesn't. Like, I started doing all the process of eliminations of what they didn't have as well and keeping track of that. Oh, my goodness. It pretty much resulted in me just paying attention to my slip of paper too much and not paying attention too much to the game. So I usually still lost. Oh, well, it's also Jay. kind of frustrating because. It's also roll and move. So if you roll poorly yes. and you can't get yeah. yourself into a room, then you're just kind of SOL. Yeah. Uh, how do we feel about the genre of roll and move? Which, for people listening, if you're not familiar, it's a game where you roll and then you move. Like <laughs> is a it a genre? It is a yeah. genre. Yeah. Well, it's a mechanic. It's a mechanic. That classifies a lot of older games. Yeah. The classic roll and move. Like, what's a, what's a roll and move game that's known for roll and move? Monopoly. Sorry. Sorry. Trouble? Sorry is a great example. Mm, yeah. Trouble, you Trouble is a great one. Because you pop it Trouble's and then you move example. that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Monopoly is a little more elaborate because the economy, well, yeah, the broken economy. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. You, well, you don't like roll and move. They're horrible. Yeah. It's just I a mean, little too random. Yeah. Like you you on can't that. really strategize if you're, the choices of the things you're able to do are determined by the random roll of the dice. Obviously, there are lots of games where you roll the dice and that determines things, but it's yeah. rough. It's rough. But although I will say, Monopoly, you don't necessarily have to move around the board fast. In fact, it's better if you don't, especially on that first time around the board. Here's my strategy for Monopoly. We're getting way <laughs> oh off topic. Oh boy, we're getting way off topic. We're off hitting the, the hard, the really niche hobby games yeah, right I was now. Clue, say. Monopoly. Well, all the we hardcore have... gamers are like going to get a lot of really good tips yes. right now. Yeah, I mean, while we're into it, you know, this is why they listen for. How are they going to beat their friends and family? In Monopoly. In and Monopoly. In Monopoly. Which they're all playing. You have to buy everything. But don't worry about the really expensive ones because it's too hard to put a hotel on it. You want to spread out. Also, whatever is on uh, the closer corner of the board, you know, if you're going clockwise, it is cheaper. So those are better properties. Because if you're looking at Baltic states and Mediterranean, that is technically cheaper because it's the same amount to put house or hotel on it. No, am I getting this backwards? You are getting it backwards. Yeah, yeah. The, it's the been so long since I've played. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have, and we played it so wrong. And I think every family probably has a story about how they play Monopoly wrong. All the taxes go on free parking, and then if you land on free parking, you get to keep them all. And my parents rule. also were always like, "Hey, this game's super long. I know. We'll skip the first half of the game." And they would just randomly hand out the properties. Oh yeah. Us. Like, and right. they That's started wrong. the game with all with just a random hand of properties. And that's then you just kind go of around. Really interesting, honestly, a little bit, but no. it's random and chaotic. That's and listed as an alternate rules in the rule book, I think. Is and it? I well, that's why they did it. it sincerely because that's where I get my edge. You know, that's like placing in Catan. You can't skip that step. 
Yeah, it really does take. It's like people complain about the game being bad, but if you're playing it wrong, whose fault is it? Is it Monopoly's fault or is it yours? Ooh, or is it uh, capitalism's? Well, it's always capitalism's fault. That's correct. That's why that game was created. I'm sure I've mentioned this before. Do you oh, know this? Oh, yes. No, I do know this. Who, a woman made yeah. Monopoly along with another game that was more socialist in nature as a, a, to teach people about the ills of capitalism and how cruel it can be. And people liked the capitalist one, and no one wanted to play the socialist version because it wasn't as fun. Mm. Yeah, because everybody just sat and played it forever and peacefully. Yeah. <laughs> just subsisted. But for me, uh... Whereas, the, whereas in Monopoly, they <laughs> murdered everybody else, and one person won, essentially. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's very fun in uh, you know shows and television games, but um, I don't think that's a good way to live one's life. Just saying. Right. It's Hashtag like redistribution of wealth. This has nothing to do with gaming. Hashtag redistribution of wealth. It's like when I play, well, no, here's a gaming version of it. When I play a Bioware game. And I'm choosing who I'm going to romance, okay? It's always the super needy emo guy with a lot of problems. That's super compelling to me in fiction. In real life, <laughs> no thank you. I would like someone who is stable, who has a nice job, who is emotionally consistent, who can take care of my needs. Like, can we so it's a lot like that. Machine, and can you go talk to teenage Becca about oh this? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. I need to go back and talk to teenage Paula about it. But. Well, those teenagers taught us what we know about not to date emo boys, yes, which is not I even a term anymore. But so many hard lessons. <laughs> so many. Did you date any emo boys back I in the day? dated, gosh, how many emo boys did we go through? <laughs> uh, thankfully, I never went through an emo boy phase myself. Uh, I, I steered clear of most of that. Thankfully. Yeah, right. I bet you had really long bangs at some point. Mm. I definitely had long hair. So uh, it was like in your hanging in your eye. Definitely, like in the one I, eye. there was definitely a rock band phase for me. Did you ever dye your blonde hair band. black? No, I definitely dyed my blonde hair blonde. Mm. You know that sun bleaching everybody oh, did in sixth grade with yeah. the spray, uh -huh. sure, yeah. or like lemon juice. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to talking about board games. <laughs> yes, I realized. But by not talking about board games, let's talk about uh, sketch production around Ooh. the concept of board games. So tell us what Things Get Dicey is. Okay. Well, Things Get Dicey is a sketch comedy series. Um, I like to think of it like, like Key and Peele, but for board <laughs> games. That but is with the a most white woman. Like, I, oh yes, but also. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I mean, but also they're really, really great, and I'm just like fine. <laughs> I'm selling myself really well. Okay. I mean, we're just you gonna know, it's take really hard back. to wake up and compare yourself with Jordan Peele. <laughs> okay, you know what? I regret the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> and Keegan Michael Key doing great stuff, but they let's both really let's be real. greatest director of our time. Great. They inspire. I've watched a lot of Key and Peele when I'm feeling like, what am I going to make for my next sketch? I watch a lot of Key and Peele and find a lot of inspiration from it, actually. Um, anyway. No, that's awesome. That's really interesting because one of my questions is, where do you get your ideas? <laughs> Boy, in this brain of mine. Um, well, so Things Get Dicey is really just, I love board games and I wanted to do something about board games, but there is a lot of content out there that like I felt like like what can I really contribute to this space you know and and for me it wasn't like I don't want to sit here and, and do reviews plenty of people are doing that and doing that very well that's not a space I'm or well, burning a lot know? of bridges by doing that <laughs> or yeah also um 
And then I thought, well, I love comedy. Why don't I... Like, we make jokes about the games we're playing all the time. Why don't I just combine those two things and maybe, like, a few people would will like it? Um, and so that was where the idea came from, and I started doing it, and it... Um, What's the reaction been? It's been shockingly positive. I yeah. see your very modest little smirk, and you just <laughs> smile with your eyes, and you go, um... But what... <laughs> I mean, it's doing better than I imagined it would. And uh, hopefully we'll get a few n- new eyes on it that happen to listen to this podcast. I'd love to. It really is. It's sketch comedy for people who love board games. So the jokes are for you. If you love board games, these jokes are for you. It's a good example of, like, as a creator, too, like, because it's something that tickled you and you liked it. And that's kind of all you need to create something that's good. Because if you believe in it and have confidence in it, generally that'll apply to someone who feels the same way. Yeah, yeah, make content you like. Yes. Somebody's that's what like I'm trying it. to do. And I say, like, there is a little bit of pressure, like, ooh, what, are, what do people want to see? But I really am trying to balance that with, like, well, what do I think is funny? Yeah. And I do think there's a balance to be had. You need to be aware of what other people want and like while not compromising too much the things that you think are funny. Um, and that's at least the, the mantra I say to myself in the mirror every morning now <laughs> when I get up. Um, yeah, so inspiration you asked me about. I can circle back to that. Yeah. Key and Peel. Okay, this is not sucking up. How to with Becca. Stop <laughs> Those videos it. legitimately so I also dumb. But so are my <laughs> videos. And like I love that's what I love about them. And I say this all the time when I'm making a things get dicey episode or shooting it and we'll be in the middle of something ridiculous and I'll just laugh and be like, This is so dumb. <laughs> and everyone's like, Don't say that. And I'm like, No, no, no. I mean that in the best way yeah, possible. Yeah. This is so dumb that I So my last episode I put out is a parody of the Rocky training montage, like getting ready for game night. The Eye of the Tigress and Euphrates. That is the name of it. Isn't that a great pun? Um, And so, you know, in the movie, there's that, in his montage, he's like boxing with like meat hanging in a freezer. And I was like, okay, what if we got a steak, a raw steak, and we hung it somewhere? And like, I'm prepping for a dexterity game. And so I'm like flicking it like I'm, and... We just did it. And I was just laughing. Like, this is one of the dumbest things I've ever thought of. And here we are in my house with some raw meat hanging from the ceiling. (laughs) And I'm flicking it with a serious look on my face. And now we're going to put this on the internet. And people are going to watch it. Like, it's kind of a dream come true. (laughs) And this is one of the best projects I've ever done. (laughs) And this is the highest quality. I mean. Most artistically fulfilling. This is the one that's going to go back. (laughs) What I was really wondering is where you got the tiny tiny barbells oh my gosh amazon (laughs) um my husband found when he was like we were looking for um sweatbands to wear uh in the in the video um and so we were just like oh we'll just go on amazon and see what they have and then that also brought up like you might also like and it's just like novelty They come in little, bo- yeah, not like, and it came with a book about like workouts to do with them. Wait, so what? they don't and a little like a resistance band for your fingers and a little it's like weird novelty like Spencer's gift type things. Uh. Um, but we got them <laughs> off of Amazon. But Jeff Bezos thinks that you, Paula, don't want real workout equipment. You want tiny plastic workout equipment yes. for dolls. Yes. <laughs> Bezos yeah. personally greenlit that one. For yep. He's like, mm, I imagine that that's one. how I think Amazon yep. works. 
so we worked that in. Those were not originally part of the script, but we saw them and we're like, well, now oh, we have absolutely. to do this. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, so I, I love Eye of the Tigress and Euphrates. That's a great one of just training mm-hmm. montage. I think there is a certain thing with a pyramid of meeples that people will just have to see for themselves, but that was my favorite shot. Yay. And I wanted- I did so many push-ups, you guys. I was, <laughs> I was so- impressed sore for like four days I couldn't move I was like why did I write this <laughs> so you can become a jock is why you wrote sketches of outboard games yeah your exactly. shoulders are huge at the time of this recording it's been very I mean it's from it's really in. the most surprising turn of events well, you had to turn sideways to get through the door <laughs> oh yeah I mean yeah also if you guys could just get like a bigger doorway I sure think that yeah. Would yeah we're working yeah. on it we are working on it Okay, uh, I wanted to describe The Morning After. Is that the right title? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think this one is just hilarious. So, y- I don't want to give away the whole joke. Do you want to describe to me the premise of... So, The Morning After is basically... Basically, imagine you've gone on a board game bender. And your friends... Like you do. Like you do. You had a wild and crazy night where you played a lot of games. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you went home and you played more games. And you don't remember everything that happened. Uh, And maybe games have started to take control of your life a little bit. And a well-meaning friend calls you up and and wants to, like, confront you a bit about your problems. But you don't think you have a problem. (sighs) Too real. Pretty real. (laughs) Too real. Super real. Now, I'm just reminded of the sketch class that I took and (laughs) different genres of sketch. And this would fall under the category of mapping, I believe. Yes, this is my favorite kind of comedy. What is mapping? (laughs) A mapping thing. So you take like a real, okay, so this one's really popular in improv scenes, um, where you take the scenario of like a parent confronting their kid because they found weed under their bed. And instead of that, the parent, you're confront, in the improv scene, you're confronting your kid because you found, um, like evidence that they were doing a juice cleanse or something that like Ooh, good improv scene. Let's hear it. You guys go. <laughs> Paula? Uh yeah. Can you come in the living room, please? Yeah, Dad, sure. What's up? Look at what I have splayed on the coffee table here. Um I found these vegetables and powders underneath your bed. Um, I don't those aren't mine. Paula, Paula tell him the truth. Paula, Mom, your I... mother has been weeping all morning. Uh. Uh, look, okay, all the kids are working out after school. Oh, my God. Everyone is. I thought your shoulders were looking big. <laughs> and and that protein powder is actually, yeah. I sell it, and and it, and yeah, but it's going to fund my college education. Protein? This says pea powder. What the f*** is pea powder, it's Paula? It's pea protein. What? Is, that's not a protein. Didn't my dinners of mac and cheese and casseroles teach you that carbs are good? Helen, catch your breath. This isn't our daughter. I don't know who this is. Oh. And see, <laughs> and that was a mapping scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it now. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh man. So, do you did you write all of these on your own? Um, I write them. Um, I have a bit of a writing partner in my husband who also is the cinematographer um, for me. Uh, you, it looks really great. You guys have lit He's that wonderfully. Really, uh, it's all him. 
I, that makes I don't it look that. good. You guys um, are a good team, but yeah. like, it, like I was noticing that production quality because like video sketches when people just throw it up in their house sometimes it's just like okay, it's I, I, I like the comedy of this, but like you guys clearly just shot this on your phone. You have you a guys... light shining directly at your face, and you, there's nothing but shine. We're very lucky. Light, yeah. I feel like I'm very lucky in that my partner is a very talented. Um, member of the entertainment industry <laughs> you know like he went to film school and he's a cinematographer and you know he worked for a while as a um oh i'm gonna get this wrong was he a set electrician or a gaffer i don't know but you know he's done all these things so he knows how to Aren't make things look really same? good oh, the same department we'll yeah say that. No, no 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 g and e are g and e but they are separately g and e and e <laughs> that is true um and so Yes, I'm lucky to have such a, a wonderful collaborator um, with me. And then, so I'll write also a script, and then I'll kind of throw it over to him and be like, hey, I, I think some of these jokes might need punch up, or do you have any thoughts? And then he'll brainstorm some things and send me back a draft, and then I'll be like, oh, great, I like what you did here, I like what you did here, but I think we should change this to be like this. And so we really have kind of have our own little mini writers room. Well, um, you also, but I'm the showrunner, so ultimately I get to decide. That's what right. The script is now. You are the boss of things. That's get dicey. Right. Uh, he is also your boss at the VFX company he started. Right. Yes, he but does have a VFX company, <laughs> and I do also work with him there. And then he is my boss. Yes. But what's really cool is that you have gained the skill of some VFX, which is yes. visual. FX. <laughs> yeah, yes. Effects uh, is abbreviated in the industry to FX. I love that, you know, because let's go phonetic when we can. It, right. It's <laughs> just easier to Saves say. Saves room on yeah. the call sheet. But I think has that really helped you be able to also handle all the editing of these yourself? I, yeah, I think so. And in college, I... Um, my degree is in electronic media broadcasting, what? which was like audio video production um, with a nonfiction um, focus um, at, at my particular college. They didn't really have like a film department. You yeah, know? I feel um, like but, so it was a lot of like news stuff. But I learned some editing um, and production techniques there um, that then have come back into play now. And also, yes, my experience working um, with the visual effects company, I've learned like I can work in After Effects and I can work in Nuke and um, I can do uh, I can do compositing. Um, and so those are things we've been able to also work into our videos, which I think is a thing a lot of people aren't doing. Um, but we're able to shoot things like dice landing on exactly the number I want them to be. Or I wonder what number that is on, say, a D20. <laughs> if only I could do that in real life. <laughs> I could just visual effects this dice to be a nat 20 every time I roll it. Um, or, you know, I spit out a disgusting milkshake onto a board game, um, but I didn't actually spit it out onto a board game. Really? We, oh yeah, that's a split screen comp. So I spit- Because you love your games as much as that specific sketch talks about? I was not gonna spit out. That was a brand new game. I wasn't gonna spit, <laughs> blend it up. Okay, I don't wanna give it away. Well, we're, we're working backwards here. I've got a new game, Who Dis? <laughs> I've watched all your sketches. I was like, you know uh, the names of all of them. Because I love them. They're so wonderful. 
because they resonate so much because we're very similar types of people and gamers. <laughs> and New Game Who Dis is all about, it's a brand new game where you need coasters nearby. This is not exactly the specifics, but like when I get a game, I don't I don't bend my cards or I will call you out yeah. on Take Game the Game. Care of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, which happened the other day. Uh, I was like, oh, you're really uh, aggressive with those cards there, aren't you? Huh? <laughs> Trying to make a joke out of stop bending my cards. She literally said, I, I hold my tension in my hands. You know, and she actually took that game home. So, she, uh, yeah, so it's, hers, it's hers to bend. Yeah, it's hers to bend. <laughs> um, but the OCD person in me was so stressed out. That video spoke to a lot of people, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of people were like, and here's the thing, though. It's, it, it's also satire, and I'm not sure everyone quite... People were like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're really picky with your games. And I was like, I'm not <laughs> making fun of people who are like that, actually. Well, there's so much truth in the, those sketches. I think that's why they resonate so much with Becca is because we well, – I mean, with all of us. I, I yeah, too, just like, with Becca. <laughs> yeah, just me. I'm, I actually made thousands of different accounts and liked your videos from oh gosh, all of them. Thank you so much. You're that welcome. is – Really touching the amount of effort you went to to make me feel validated as a content creator. That's why You're all the all likes came out? in at like eight minutes apart consistently <laughs> for a couple weeks. Uh, okay, back to the podcast. Um, <laughs> we're having uh, such a good time. Well, no, I'm going to put a kibosh on that. Oh, great. <laughs> Taking me back out. to the unfun podcast. <laughs> unfun podcast. <laughs> I want to take a quick break and have a word from our many, many sponsors. And uh, in a second, when we get back from break, stay tuned because we are going to talk about one of our favorite games, a storytelling game, mm. Tales of Arabian Nights. Welcome back to Victory Points. I'm Becca Scott here with Jake Michaels. I'm still here. And our guest, Paula Deming. Hi. Yeah. Paula. Becca. You love the game Tales of Arabian Nights. I do. Uh, let's, for our listeners at home, sort of describe this a little bit for them. This is from Z-Man Games. It's one to six players, which is crazy for a game that's so multiplayer that could, could also be played by, by one yourself. person. I've never played it by myself, but now I really want to. I'm glad I put that in your brain. I think there's a sketch there. Ooh. This Ooh, is a, note. a game where you travel the real and imaginary world on a map to create a story of swashbuckling pirates and, and genies and caves and you have to Who make knows what's gonna happen yeah um and i i would like you to describe it more to us but i also just want to say that quinn from shut up and sit down says thinking of this no i have to do it more british thinking of this is just a game is like thinking of the titanic or the concord as just a boat or a plane <laughs> what a great quote <laughs> 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 yeah i love those videos okay um <laughs> Do you want to describe sure. sort of how this game works? So this game works, you, um, our character, um, you know, you might be Aladdin, you might be Shahrazad, or you could be Sinbad or whoever. Um, and you're given a, a objective, um, but really you don't have to complete it. It's just kind of to give you some direction in the game, some motivation to go to different areas. And you're trying to earn through your interactions and encounters that you're having as you go to different places on the map. You're trying to earn story points and destiny points. And once you reach a certain number and then you make it back to Baghdad, I think, 
place, um, a place on a map. Uh, your starting city. Then you win once you have all of the once you've earned uh, enough story points and destiny points, and you go back to the starting city. Then you're the winner. So there's these two separate point tracks, but points yes. are really not the point. Points of this game. are not legitimately not the point of this game, and also you cannot strategize how you're going to earn those points because no. it is random. So when you go to a city, you have an encounter, and someone opens up a book and it's like you you are encountering a genie, and 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 then you look on a certain matrix and you get to decide how you want to react to that genie based on the skills you chose at the beginning of the game. Yes, right? you have a certain set of skills which you might think will come in handy in a certain encounter, especially and when your child don't. is kidnapped. <laughs> Are you talking I from? I have a certain set of skills. Oh, it's a Taken oh, reference. Oh, it's a Taken. Oh, oh, I'm so which sorry. Which Arabian night was this? <laughs> yeah, I was like, did something happen in the time you played this game? What yeah, is going on? Have a set of skills? Uh, I've never seen Taken. I've either. only seen Taken parodies. <laughs> but I'll continue to make the joke. But that could be a thing that happens during this game. You're chasing after your kidnapped child. Um, oh, and so then you choose how you're going to react. I'm going to beat the genie. And then based on that. That's not what you do to a genie. You can do all kinds of things. You can rob them. You taken your daughter. You beat the genie. Yeah. You can pray. You can hide. You can enter, which is always a funny one. I, like, I heard entering always and like, praying you can are always a good idea. Enter the genie. And you're like, wait, what? That makes no sense. Um, I mean, and then you know it makes sense. <laughs> wait, so clarification here. So wait, the verbs that you can take as actions don't always like literally match up with the encounter that you have? Um, sometimes they take a small stretch of imagination. Okay. Because there's a certain set of ten verbs that are always available, oh. right? Yeah, so you have like a list, like so you have a matrix um, with some options. So they, they're, they'll be like, okay, you're encountering this, choose your reaction from matrix D. And so they are somewhat tuned to the kinds of things you're interacting with. Yeah, sure. but it's also like, that would be so hard to have so many options and make them all like exactly... 100% fit. So you have to like use you your justify. imagination a little. Okay, yes, great, exactly. Great, cool. um, and then someone, based on what you choose, they flip to a certain passage in a storybook and read to you what happened and then ask you, sometimes you have to then decide. Um, option A, option B, yes, option C. How, something you want to do, but then based on what occurs, so you might be like, the genie turns into a beautiful sultan who rewards you with riches beyond your wildest dreams. Earn Sultans once. are never beautiful. I've seen the movie Aladdin. <laughs> so the genie turned into a mortal king to give us some money. Yes. What she could have done as a genie, but okay, like, no, look. I'm gonna go just be a mortal king. It was king. not Genies the best money. example I could have given. But I, I liked it's, it. It's the, the game it's a story I've never heard before. does kind of feel like that. And then it's like, earn one story point. Gain one wealth level. And and so then you and then so that quantifies your experience a little yes. bit. Yes, and then as you go, you go up the track, and then all right, um, I'm buying it right now on Amazon. I love it so much, and I honestly available. don't. It's a game that I do not care about winning, which means it is not a game for everyone. I played this with a friend who was so frustrated by the fact that, like, he really needs a game that like Has you need to win. Points, so yeah. he hates role playing games. Probably, yeah. This is, this is more like that. Like, I don't care who wins. I don't want to win. I just want the game to keep going. Yes, because it's so funny. But I, I, I've, I think I've, I can sympathize with him in some situations where it's a role-playing game where 
nothing is really concrete. But what I love about this is it has the role-playing richness, but uh, it's not just one person in control as the dungeon master. Everybody's trading places and moving yes. around and getting to do different roles. And then it has all the components of board games that I love. I, I, I love something where you get to flip and do a choose-your-own-adventure and decide what happens next. It, yes, it's, it's really such a fun. fun game. And I'll say I think the sweet spot, you can play up to six, but I personally think the sweet spot for this game is three because then you're doing something on on every turn because it's either your turn or you're looking up okay you're encountering this you need to react from this matrix or you're the person flipping through the storybook and reading the story so three people you're doing something on every Mm. turn so i think that's the sweet spot there's three of us we could be playing this game right right now now. yeah yeah hey everyone thanks for listening to this podcast we're gonna go play tales of arabian nights bye that's it great all right like share subscribe Oh, got oh, you again! Oh, That's two in one episode. We just you need to do it a third time for comedy. <laughs> we will, we will, we will. But that one's gonna be real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate heighten. <laughs> um, I just want to say my favorite experience of this game was the one time I've played it, and I played it with Ivan Van Norman. and he was put in jail on maybe his second turn, mm-hmm. and then he had. Every turn, an option to get out of to jail, try, and he yeah. always chose the wrong thing. <laughs> and what's funny is that you have a choice of, will you fight the jailer? Will you bribe the jailer? Will you talk nicely to the jailer? Or whatever it is. And he always chose the wrong thing. And then when he finally got out of jail, he happened to flip a card that put him right back in jail. Oh, <laughs> so I imagine... That's a great story, though, right? Yes. Like, we that's what I want to hear. The first time we played, one of our players, like, became lost and, like, um, like uh, deformed or some, like, lost, I don't know, some horrible accident happened and was, um, I can't remember the exact term for it, and I don't want to say crazy, but... I guess I'll say unstable. Yeah, and so basically, what happened was someone else had got to choose where they went on the board every turn, and then someone else chose their reaction for them because they were no longer their character was no longer like in charge of all of their faculties, and it was so funny. Oh man, they were just along for the ride, just being swept down the river of the story. That's crazy. (laughs) We also had a whiteboard divided up into. We were playing with three people, and each time something happened, story related, we wrote down a bullet point, and then we had this beautiful thing we could read back each turn of okay you were in jail you got out of jail you got back in jail you tried to bribe him he robbed you for everything the jailer and that's a great story building kind of really yeah and that's what i love about it so much is that it's just ridiculous thing after ridiculous thing happening and you it's one of those games that you really leave with a memory of like what happened and the random and improper nature, or like improper, the fluid nature of like those verbs versus the nouns and like the fact that Ivan kept choosing the wrong thing. It's like when you're naturally writing a story, you would never do that because you want the ebbs and flows or whatever. But the ebbs and flows came from the natural problem of him doing the wrong thing every time. And yeah. same with like that person who happened to get loss of control on both sides. Yeah. You never would have written that, but now you can. I like that. Absolutely. Um, did you want to shout out any of your other favorite games? I know you're a big fan of Modern Art, Castles of Modern Magic. Art is another game that I laugh, just like Tales of Arabian Nights, I laugh at Modern Art every time I play it. It is, maybe it's just the pe- group of people I'm playing with, but it is so funny. Um, so this is an older game, 92? There is a new edition of it, though. Um, okay. Yes, and I've played the old edition, um, which has, like, Magic Eye style art. You know, like, it's weird. What's the, what's the three-line... 
synopsis. Of oh the game. boy, can I say anything and just magic lines? eye was those things that it's a little magnet thing. And no, that's where you like looked at it and pulled it away from your face oh, and right. saw like I don't see the sailboat. Or you could just yeah, or you could just cross your eyes. Um, <laughs> that's also a taken reference. <laughs> <laughs> so m- modern art, you are playing um, an art dealer, and so you have certain uh, you have acquired art, and then every round you're putting art up for auction and trying to get the other players to bid on it. And the art at the end of the round only has value based on what sold the most. Oh my god, it's so frustrating. It's like modern art. Yeah, so there's no value to the paintings that you're selling until other people have decided, oh, three of this one artist has already been sold this round, so I'm going to buy more of it because at the end of the round, that means six of them have sold. That's the most. They're going to be worth the most at the end of the round, and then the value kind of keeps going through the game until... um, until you get to the end and see how it's the most money. Um, Do you think this game has segued a lot of people into working in the modern art world because they now understand? Absolutely. I mean, my whole made? gaming group, I can't even get them together anymore because now they're just like they're just, jetting off to Milan. galleries. Yeah, just, ugh. Yeah. Absolutely. Ugh. Ugh. So frustrating I when love that, that. Um, Very different game I love. Um, Really enjoy like Memoir 44. I think it's a really accessible That's one. It's a player, great right? two player game, yes. And I'm always on the lookout for good two player games. Um, and it's like a really accessible entry into a more war game genre, though plenty of people will tell you that it's not really a war game. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a good little gateway into that more of that style of game. It's a great two player game. And if you don't like the theme of World War, Two, they also have a version battle lore that is fantasy themed that works in a very similar i mean if you know um how memoir 44 works you can play battle lore um or you can play commands and colors ancients something like that command and colors commands and colors yeah so that's the that's the system it plays under and Oh, I just how think it's cool. Great. Now, you're just skimming past some stuff here because I want to talk about the connections between these because I'm trying to dissect what type of game it is that Paula loves and, and why she loves it. Mm. Because uh, Arabian Nights and modern art seem to have this connection of it's really about your interactions with the other players. Yeah, yeah. And about the table talk, but not just around just a fun party game, but a more complex game with more elements and more imagination, um, but but very much in seeing how your friends react to the game. Yeah, I do like things that feel like you have like strategy and important choices that you're making um, while also having that kind of interaction that creates... Um, a story and a memory that you look back on and like laugh about about what happened. Ivan never left jail. Exactly. Um, (laughs) But then I do also enjoy, I mean, I like a wide variety of things, you know? So I also then like, you know, a game more, you know, like Memoir 44, which is not really, though we could have a story about the way my troops, like there was one left, it was a weekend um, uh, unit because there was only one of the four of them left and and he still managed to like I rolled those dice and hit three uh, you know had three hits and I took out those tanks and like you can create a story out of that but I don't think that's inherent in that game you have to bring the detail to you, that as yes. opposed to the Which stories some people well, are good at doing you like, are a person that does that because yeah. we played games last weekend 
not only did you uh, fight your way to getting a game of Space Base because you already had the card sleeves. I had the card sleeves. Shout out to Sleeve Kings for sending me those. (laughs) And shout out to John D. Clear, who's in our last episode, who created it, came over to my house, brought a copy of the game to give away. And And I was uh, like, hi, I don't have this game, but I already have the card sleeves because I know that I want this game. (laughs) And that's how you won. That's how you won. And so that's how I got to take it home. The cards have been sleeved, and I'm very excited. That is, um, we gave a we game. gave a role playing element to a random aspect of it, and I forget what it was. I'm putting you on the spot. It was like, well, the reason why you can't buy two cards at oh, once. Oh, because yes. when you buy a card, you even spend if you didn't all s- your credits y- on it, exactly. But if you um, it, yeah. So no matter what it costs, you you have to have at least that many space credits. But you spend all of your space credits and go back to zero or whatever your new starting point is when you buy one card. And we were like, well, but why? John, thematically, you need a reason. And we figured out, you know. Well, there were two versions. I'm gonna see if I can remember both of them. I was thinking, you know, one way is like, you know, when you have a meal plan. Uh, at your, you know, at your college or wherever, it's not like, oh, I'm going to spend uh, $20 off the plan and then I'm going to spend $10 off the plan. Sometimes it's just like you get three meals a day and it does not matter what they cost. That's your meal. <laughs> well, like I that. said, but we also have this there's other muggers version, waiting outside a more dangerous the market. Version. And when you walk out, they see your bag is full of shopping and they rob you blind. And they take the rest of the money that you have. They let you keep your shopping bag. Uh, yeah, they don't rob you of your merchandise, purely the remaining cash you have. Well, they're thoughtful thugs. Yeah, Seals yeah. on well, brand thugs. that the version Becca came up with was thug-based. Like, like really, like, conflict. Like, let's fight well, over this. Something space-based excellent game was lacking. Combat. The, uh, combat, yeah. So I, I added true. that. Hi, John, Claire. Um, if you could add some combat to the next version the ex- of space-based. The expansion is space muggers? Yeah. Space muggers. <laughs> um, actually... Uh, should we? I want to tell an inside information that John didn't tell when he was on this podcast, mm. so maybe he doesn't want people to know. Oh, but his insider. original theme, yeah, I'm taking the information he told me secretly, and I'm he did not I'm say don't repeat it. this. He, he didn't. did not make us sign an NDA. I didn't pinky swear at all. So not even a little bit of pinky swear. He said that he originally made the game not with the space theme, but with the theme of Los Angeles, and it's a wide, um, not very tall board that each player has, and you have a 12 cards on it for the 12 sides of two dice, and that's how dice work, Uh, (laughs) 2d6s, the possible outcomes. And and originally it was a a panorama of the city of Los Angeles. And when you're upgrading a certain dice area, 1 through 12, you actually upgrade that place in the panorama and put a a landmark of the city there. But it may be a little too LA specific, so I see why AEG changed it. But I was very excited about that. So that's a little secret he told us. That is interesting. Like, that's not really a story-based game or story-focused game, but I really like that game a lot. Um, so I don't know. I'm an enigma. I have no idea but like what Becca I said, like said, you it. create the story around the events of the game. I mean, I do that for, like, Lords of Waterdeep all the time when we have oh, to go yeah. on those damn mandatory quests, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta go clean out the temple Thank again. Yep. All right. Well, we have talked about many things. We've decided that Paula cannot be put into a box of what kind of board game she likes. And uh, you can check out her sketches if you look up um, things get dicey on YouTube and 
uh, your YouTube channel is actually just Paula Deming. Yes, so my it's slightly confusing, but my YouTube channel is my name, Paula Deming, um, and there is a Things Get Dicey playlist on there. But if you type in Things Get Dicey into the search box on YouTube, I'm certain that my those videos will show up. Um, you can also find me on Twitter if you want, at Things Get Dicey, or if you just like don't really want that, but you thought I was delightful, you can follow me on Twitter, just my personal account where I tweet about other things too. And that's just my name, Paula Deming. That's D-E-M-I-N-G. That is correct. Not two M's. Not yeah. two M's, a common mistake. A mistake I myself made before it was my <laughs> own last name. <laughs> All right, well that is wonderful. Thank you so much, Paula, for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. Jake, as always, thanks for you being here, as you have always been throughout time. Tell them where they I've can find you online. I've always been lurking here when I wasn't co-hosting, just standing <laughs> in the corner nodding approvingly. But now I get to talk. It's been great. That's correct. You, you were upgraded. Uh, tell them where to find you on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at the Jake Michaels. I post infrequently and usually link to my Instagram account, which is the same handle. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks so much, you guys, for listening. Make sure you like, subscribe, share. Tell your friends about us. That was three. We did it. We oh my did god. It. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Got him again with more. Oh the rule of fours. The rule of fours. That's a cute thing, right? Yeah. Okay, bye.